Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. I, on Christmas, uh, FaceTime my mom. All of her bees froze to death. Oh, <laughs> oh no. It's a tough Christmas. It's a tough Christmas. This is the press box. So, yeah. <laughs> the whole hive. She has four. Oh, oh, four whole hives are dead. Froze to death. With Grady and Bischoff. Um, Isn't there like a national crisis right now where we need as many yeah, bees right. as yes, possible? Yes, yes, there is. Yeah. On ESPN Las Vegas. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! The bee movie. Have you seen it? I think we had this conversation. No, I have not seen the bee movie. Have you seen the Wicker Man? I don't know what that is. Nicholas Cage gets a bag of bees put on his head and starts screaming, no, not the bees. Has Ed seen that movie? Because I've not seen the Wicker Man. I've not seen the Wicker Man. If you grew no. up with the internet, you 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 would know the reference, no, not the bees. But okay, I'll just quietly sit over here. How's your mom doing? Bees bees arrived yet? You haven't even checked in, have you? I haven't. No, I haven't asked her. I talked to her on Christmas. You think I'm going to talk to her for another month? Wow. <laughs> One month to call? I feel like that that's learned behavior, though, that he gets tired of being put on, like, like being declined on her end. <laughs> and then getting a text message later, I was riding a goat. Basically, yeah. I tried to FaceTime her on Christmas Eve twice, and she was out doing God knows what with whatever animals. Didn't answer my call. The pigs were more important. Had to keep the rabbits alive. I don't know what she was doing. You finally got her on Christmas? Yeah, I talked to her on Christmas. She was actually inside for once. Will you say Happy New Year's? No. Don't care about New Year's. What, what are we doing there? <laughs> what do you mean, what are you doing? It's a new, it's, she'll be it's up a at, fresh start. She'll be up at 3 a.m. because the chickens are awake or something stupid like that. So, nah, I won't talk to her on New Year's. She'll be fine. Once a month you check in? If that. Boy. All right. I have a family dinner once a week. She doesn't, do she doesn't check in with me. Well, she's got a lot to do. What do you have to do? You, you go home and you watch television. <laughs> I'm, I'm interrupting her when I FaceTime her or call her. She's got stuff to do. She doesn't want to talk to me. The first bite. Who will be the Raiders QB next season? Well, since we have the pitcher ready to go, in the Raider uniform, I'm going to say Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Because you like to be He is simple. an option on the poll. Yes, and you, you, it, the poll is out on Twitter. Uh, please vote and retweet it. Um, I'll say that because the pitcher's ready. And we like to be as simple as possible and get things done. The easiest work for the Review Journal design team is Tom Brady because they're ready to go. We're I ready didn't to know go it was Tom a design Brady. team. I thought we had a determined it's just Adam Hill and a laptop. <laughs> so let me ask you this question. Do you believe 100% Derek Carr's done? Like, do you think that's already been decided and Carr is not coming back next season? I don't think it's been 100% decided as of yet. I think they've discussed it deeply, but I don't know if they... Because, again, they... Okay, you decide you're going to move on from him. Then you have to have the discussion simultaneously. Okay, then what are we going to do? Right. Right? And that's the interesting part of this. Because Tom Brady... Could be an option, right? He played uh, under Josh McDaniels when McDaniels was a coordinator in New England. Uh, Lamar Jackson might 
become a free agent. We'll see what Baltimore does. I assume he's not going to become a free agent, whether it's through a long-term extension or a tag or the franchise tag. Uh, but it's possible outside of those two. I don't know that there projects to be another free agent that's better than Derek Carr, right? Like some of the other right. th- names like, that are thrown out there. Exactly. Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater, maybe Geno Smith. Like those right. are the better free agent quarterbacks after Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady. So it's not like there's going to be this great free agent quarterback class that you can go in and say, ah, oh, we'll go find a quarterback that way. Um, which if you've already decided to move on from Carr and you don't get Brady, and you don't get Lamar Jackson, then your choices are pretty much Baker Mayfield type player or draft a quarterback and see what you have from there. And the part of that that the part of that that I don't quite know if McDaniels and Dave Ziegler would do is do they have the job security and do they have the belief that they can have a winning team, not in 2023, but in 2024 or 2025. Because in my mind, if you say, we're moving on from Derek Carr, we're not going with a stopgap option, we're going to draft a quarterback, you're not completely punting on, on 2023 because that quarterback could be really good. But you're basically saying, we're doing this for a couple of years down the line. So it's going to be up to Mark Davis. Which is, should, I mean, the owners He's of the, the team owner. should, in some sense, have a say yeah. in that, right? How 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 are, long do you want to go? Right? Are they okay with hey, right? You know, rebuilding or whatever phrase you want to use. Are they okay with hey, we're probably not going to be good this year, but it's because we're trying to be good in twenty twenty four or twenty twenty five with a new quarterback and beyond. And I don't know. Do you think Mark Davis is okay with that? He certainly that certainly wasn't the plan when he hired McDaniel's and Ziegler yeah. was to have any sort of rebuilding time. I think that. I, I'm I'm convinced that he believes in these two guys. I'm I'm really convinced that he believes in them. And if they say we're going to draft a young quarterback, and it, the other thing is we're not really sure where they're going to be drafting. You know, they could they, if they could trade Carr and package a pick and get up to win those top three. I think right. they might confu- they might convince him. Hey, this guy is one of the top three quarterbacks in the draft. This great quarterback class. He's going to be really good in a year or so. Give us time to groom him. I think they could talk Mark Davis into it. I don't know how much Mark Davis wants to see Derek Carr for a 10th season. They're pretty much the only two constants over the last decade. Derek yeah. Carr being the quarterback and, and Mark, Mark Davis, Davis being, being the, the owner. owner. There's been, what, three different head coaches and three different general, general managers, managers yeah. in that time. Is it four different head coaches? Like, it's been a ton of turnover everywhere except the quarterback spot and, obviously, the owner. So that's the interesting part is I, I do wonder – does Mark Davis come down and say, "Hey, you know, what are we doing here?" And this is this is my thoughts on it as somebody who's seen him for almost a decade. Yeah. So, here's here's a question I have for you on the quarterback decision and the rookie idea. Because here's the thing, we're going to have Jason Fitz on the show later today. Every time we talk to Jason Fitz about this, he's like, "You can draft a rookie quarterback, but he's probably going to suck." Right? Jason, that's one of Jason Fitz's biggest points. Is when you draft a quarterback in the first round, a lot of times they suck. But here's That's a question why you for go you. get Zach Wilson. You already know he sucks, and he's already been drafted in the first round. Here's a question for you. Who would you rather have next season? Kenny Pickett or Derek Carr? Well, Kenny Pickett's still on the rookie deal. Yep. So I might rather have Kenny Pickett because of that and Derek Carr not getting $33 million guaranteed. 
So we just saw them head-to-head where Derek Carr played horribly in the cold and Pickett was not good, but was fine, better than Carr. Here's some season-long grades for you. If you go by PFF grades, Pickett's better, 21st, not good, but 21st, whereas Derek Carr is 25th. Uh, EPA per play, Carr's actually pretty good, 13th, Pickett 24th. Uh, QB rating, Carr 25th and Pickett 32nd. Kenny Pickett's got a better completion percentage uh, and interception rate, but Derek Carr is about a touchdown rate and yards per attempt. But the big difference, Derek Carr, if he, you know, he can be cut at the end of the year. If on his current contract, Carr's going to have a $34.8 million cap hit next year, and it jumps up to over $40 million for 2024 and 2025, whereas Kenny Pickett's cap hit next year is $3.1 and stays under five million, mm-hmm. five million for 2024 and 2025. So basically... You're getting thirty million extra dollars and then thirty-five million extra dollars in the following two years if you pick Kenny Pickett over Derek Carr. There's no doubt in my mind Derek Carr's a better quarterback than Kenny Pickett. He is. But is the difference big enough that you that he can make up that extra thirty to thirty five million? million? Right. And I do not think think it is. So even if you draft a rookie quarterback and that guy's not very good, if he's Kenny Pickett. I still think your team's got a better shot to win because you've got an extra $30 million to to play with around everyone else in the roster. Make the defensive tackles better. Make the safeties better. Make the offensive line better. Whatever holes you want to fill on the team, you can get two good starters, three decent starters with 30 to $35 million at other positions. And so even if you draft a rookie quarterback and he's not very good, as long as he's not Zach Wilson bad you're probably going to have a better team with Kenny Pickett or you you have the opportunity to have it, but you can blow all those free agent signings, obviously. Right. But well, they've you, done some of that. Right. You have the opportunity to be a better team with Pickett over Carr. Yeah. Um, and the best, the best part you said was improve the offensive line around him because they <laughs> be helpful. They're on their 17th <laughs> rotation right now for the offensive line. It would be very helpful. They've got holes to fill defensively because $30 million is a lot. It is. It's a it's a big number when you're talking about a quarterback who has not performed well. I mean, Carr leads the league in interceptions this year. Yeah, and 14 of them. He's below his career numbers in yards per game, yards per attempt, completion percentage, and interception rate. Right? Like, he's he's been bad this he's year. He's bad. And to compare it to what a rookie quarterback would make, again, you're talking about $30 million right. difference. If Carr was... If Carr was even having a normal Derek Carr season, you might be able to argue, well, he might be worth that extra $30 million. But he's not. He's been bad this year. And so here, here's the other question for this. And it doesn't necessarily mean next year, but just any point. Can the Raiders win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr? I don't think they can. I, he's, he's nine years in, and he's won one play. He's played in one playoff game. Now, the other one, he was hurt, so you can't rip him for that. They've literally, literally had one playoff game with him. Yeah. That's far away from winning the Super Bowl. And I don't think, and I think one of the reasons they had the one year out on the contract was they weren't sure they could win a right. Super Bowl with him. Derek Carr, I, I think you can win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr, but it's got to be the perfect scenario. It's got to be Matt Stafford last year in the Rams. Carr is a good enough quarterback that he's usually not going to be the reason you lose a bunch of games. But if you're going to win the Super Bowl with Carr, not just, hey, we're going to win 10 games. If you're going to win the Super Bowl, the rest of the roster Everything has around to be him really has to good. be great. Right. And the Rams and Stafford last year, that was an unbelievable roster that they built around Matthew Stafford. 
That's essentially what you have to have with Derek Carr. The Raiders have not shown they're capable of doing that in nine years since he's been here. Like, they have had some terrible draft picks, some terrible free agent signings. They have done a terrible job of building a roster around Carr. But to go back to the comparison to rookies, if you've got to build a really good team around Carr, wouldn't you rather do it around a Kenny Pickett type with an extra with 30 a lot to more million, million With a lot more millions of dollars ready to go. Because you can say the same thing about Kenny Pickett. Right. How, how would you win a Super Bowl with Kenny Pickett? Well, you got to build a really damn good team right. around him. you got an extra $30 million if you do it around Pickett than if you do it around Carr right. or whoever they end up drafting this year. So if the sole objective is to win the Super Bowl, Carr shouldn't be the quarterback and they should draft one. If the sole objective is, hey, how do we get to 10 wins, guys? You can make an argument to bring Carr back. But if well, I hope it's the former. If you're trying to win, if, you, if the goal is how do we win the Super Bowl, there's then no, you, there's no reason Derek Carr should do that. You could draft somebody. None whatsoever. So we'll see what they do. But I'm with you like we started the segment. I don't think they've made that decision yet. I don't think I, I don't either. think it's 100% he is or is not coming back. I Hell, they might not even have that decision made after the last game of the season. They might take it through the playoffs and right. figure Which out. Which they can because right. they don't have to do anything until three days after the Super Bowl. Right, and maybe get a better gauge on who's available. Because maybe, maybe there's a quarterback available in a trade that we don't think would become available. I guess that's possible at the moment, too. So we'll see. Derek Carr, another offseason of uh, guessing where he will be. Coming up next, the Golden Knights lost to the Kings last night. Matteo back and forth with Petrangelo down to the goal line, trying to quick stick, didn't work. Petrangelo left to Matteo, scores! Michael Amadio against his own club. He's got himself a four-game scoring streak, tied for the longest of his career. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Wait, what are you mad about, Jared? Our wonderful, I know, but our wonderful sport, it just, it, and to me, it doesn't sound as good to be like, all right, highlight, highlight. It's fine. It was two different. You place the same highlights from the same, or different highlights from the same game all the time. Right. But I'm not doing an update. Golden Knights lost last night to the Kings. Four to two. Game was tied at two entering the third. Uh, Kings scored the game winner and then got an empty netter to seal it. Here's a here's a fun question for you. I don't. I probably am making this a bigger deal than it actually was. Was it funny to see Mark Stone fall? So uh, on the Kings game winning goal, Mark Stone falls at center ice, and if he doesn't fall, he likely gets to just pick the puck up, and the Kings don't have an entry into the zone. offensive zone. In between periods, apparently, a couple of Golden Knights players complained about the ice when they did their radio interview with Dan Duva. And then we heard it during the broadcast as well from Dave Gosher and Shane Knighty about the ice not being very good. And then Mark Stone falls and the Kings score what ends up being the game-winning goal. Should hockey players stop complaining about the ice or should they complain about it more? Uh, well, it was different ice for, for the Kings. Yes, obviously. The Kings, the Kings had real ice and uh, <laughs> it was different ice with the Golden Knights so they can whine about it. Um I mean, I'm not. If they're all complaining, that's one thing. I, maybe the Kings were complaining too. We didn't right. see. Their, I, I have no idea. I didn't watch see the Kings their broadcast. Inter, yeah. I, I didn't see the Kings broadcast, so maybe they complain about it also. I guess you know, with the sport they play and how important it is to have real ice, uh, I don't mind them complaining. So, as far as I know, 
nobody actually took the step of we lost the game because of the ice, right? right. Nobody right. said that as far as I know. It was just, hey, the, the ice, ice is isn't very good. And I actually think players should complain about it more. Yeah. Because field of play in all of our sports, right? We These get talked about a lot, right? Where in football, there's the big conversation about playing on artificial turf. And the NFL is putting out studies being like, oh, oh, you guys don't get hurt more on artificial turf. And everybody's like, I don't think that's true. I think you made that up. Like, But we talk about field of play and safety and all that all the time, right? Basketball is pretty universal, so it doesn't come up too much in basketball, but in hockey, you're, you're playing on ice. And for whatever reason, we hear it all the time about oh, it's too warm in the building or they had a concert and the ice is like, it's, it's like, ah, oh, it's just crappy ice tonight. I think they should complain about it more because this should be, I don't know what the process is. There should be a better process, better procedures to where every hockey rings ice is as close to the, the same perfect as you can every you can get single yes. night. Like the idea that it's like, ah, the ice wasn't cold enough tonight or it was too cold, whatever the issues are. And we played on some crappy ice tonight. That's just, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Right. I mean, that just sounds stupid to me that you have an indoor sport and you're like, ah, couldn't figure out the ice tonight. Sorry, Mark Stone. You fell at center ice because of it. Like, yeah. I think they should complain about it more because it's a stupid thing that should be controlled every single night. And for whatever reason, isn't. You go into these random games and like, ah, oh, the ice sucks in Winnipeg tonight. Like, how's that even? No, I'm with you, and you make the best point about football because we hear that all the time yeah. about the turf. Yeah, and it's why the Las Vegas Bowl must play at 11:30 because they <laughs> need to make sure the uh, grass is okay for the Raiders the next day. And like, at least not the turf argument, but at least in football, when we get like the the Steelers game every year, that's like, ah, the Pitt Panthers played yesterday, and then it rained, so the field is now mud. At least that's outdoors, and you're like, oh, it's an outdoor sport. If you have an if you have an indoor sport, there's a roof on every arena you play in. There's no excuse for why for bad ice. Sometimes the playing surface isn't good, right? Agree. And other times it is. Now, you think the Kings are going to catch the Golden Knights? No. Oh, okay. Is there going to be a race in the Pacific Division at all? It depends on if the Golden Knights are healthy, and they're not healthy right now. They are not. They're uh, those guys are, and they lost Martinez again they last did. night. They did. Uh, Martinez left with a lower body injury, didn't play in the second or third periods. Uh, last night, they were playing without Shea Theodore and Zach Whitecloud, two defensemen. Also, no Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marchessault. Marchessault again. And then also Paul Cotter and Brett Howden. Right. Uh, six guys, Howden and Cotter, not always, but six guys that are probably in the lineup if they're healthy. Petrangelo played 27 plus. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine that? Never came off the ice. I know I've said it before. This team's going to be dead in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, he is. Yeah, like, they're not going to make it. Like, they're, they're going to make it to they're the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. But they're going to be dead in the play. Like, they're going to get there, and it's going to be like, uh, Alex Petrangelo played 3,500 more minutes than whoever the leading <laughs> ice time guy is on their opponent in yes. the postseason. You're like, what? How is that even possible? Like, March so, by the way, did make the trip to California because they play again in Anaheim tonight, which implies he could, he could play, play tonight. tonight. So that could be a quick one coming back. We talked about Eichel a lot yesterday and how that could be a long-term one, but that's a lot of injuries. And Cassie didn't have an update on Martinez, but you're already down Theodore. You're already down White Cloud. If you're down Martinez again, right? We're talking about Braden Pashal having to play important minutes for the Golden Knights. Like you're, you've got a rough defensive group yeah. that's out there on a nightly basis. At least Daniil Marimanoff scores. 
I guess he did kind of have a turnover that led to a goal last night, though, so that's not ideal. But they are beat up. So in the Pacific Division, Kings are now three points behind Vegas. It's, it's a weird division because Calgary was supposed to be the best team right. in this division, and they haven't been very good. But Ten points back. If you look at their analytics, Calgary's expected goal rate this season is still fifth best in the league, which implies they're they're going to be fine. Right. Like they're going to turn it around. They're going to make a run here. Maybe they don't get to the top of the Pacific, but they're going to be there. Edmonton also hasn't been that good to start the season. Their expected goals rate for the season was 19th. Like they're they're not a good five on five team so far. This season, the rest of the Pacific, or at least the contenders, Vegas is eighth in expected goals rate, LA ninth, and Seattle 11th. So you actually have a good group of teams in terms of how they play at five on five. Um, But I'm just, I don't know. I I just don't feel convinced by many of these teams being that good or catching the Golden Knights. Neither do I. Which is strange. I really don't about, I don't know why, but I really don't about Seattle. I don't either. And it's strange, though, because I also, we've talked about it, I don't feel like the Golden Knights are just like a true Stanley Cup contender. Like, they're a good team, but it just, I, right. I, I just don't feel like, oh, yeah, that team's going to... No, but we've also talked about how bad the West is. Right, and the Pacific Division, it's like, okay, well... It's I, even worse than the Central. They're probably not a true, they might not be a true Cup contender, but nobody in their division's any good. Right. Like, I guess if Calgary turns it on, then maybe we might be talking about a different they're situation. still 10 back right now. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. And here's... Here was my fun part that I looked up last night. So this Phoenix Copley guy, apparently out of nowhere, is a good goalie for the LA Kings. Um, So far this season, I think he's played in eight games. His goal saved above average is plus 1.2. The other goalies that the Kings have used, Cal Peterson, negative 9.7. Jonathan Quick, negative 12.9. Terrible goaltending. And they're in second place in the Pacific. But if you look, Logan Thompson, his goal saved above average this year is plus six. The only goalie in the Pacific better is Edmonton Stuart Skinner at 7.37. Nobody else in the division besides those two are better. Are than, any good goalies? Are, are plus five, right? I think there's one guy, I can't remember who, that's plus two. This division has terrible goalies. Like when we talk about the Golden Knights goaltending and we're like, ah, they might get average goaltending or slightly above average goaltending the rest of the year. Might be the best in the Pacific. Which but, tells you a lot. Right. If they get matched up with the Pacific team in the first round and the second round of the yep. postseason. They might have the best goalie if in the series. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other point. If they can uh, continue skating after their legs fall off when Petrangelo plays 35 minutes in a playoff game, like they're going to have the best goaltending in the first two rounds of the playoffs, most likely. And it's just, it's a very bizarre place because they're probably going to win the division and they're probably going to get to play not great Pacific teams. They might be in the Western Conference finals and we might still be sitting here saying, are they any good? Might be a fair question to ask at that point in the year. I mean, you look at you look at the Central: Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Colorado. You think Colorado's going to make a run? No one up there right now to me says, "Oh, they're better than the Golden Knights." Yeah. No one, and there's no. I, I don't think there's anyone in the Pacific better than the Golden Knights. Right, especially if they're actually healthy or close to healthy. Right. Come playoff time. Now, if we're talking about the Golden Knights and there's no Jack Eichel, there's no Zach Whitecloud, and there's no Jonathan Marshall, then it's much different. Then it's like, all right, it's just sort of a coin flip every single night. But if they get pretty close to healthy with their important players, I think they're winning the Pacific. I think they're probably in the Western Conference Finals, too. Um, Now, stop playing Alex Petrangelo 27 minutes a night and (laughs) make it a little more obvious. That is insane, by the way. Oh, 
How many minutes that guy plays? Like just a random December, and it's like against the Kings, twenty-seven minutes. Yeah, don't come off the ice. McNabb finally scored. He did actually. He skated towards the goal for the first time, and like everybody's like, (laughs) ah, first goal in forty-one games. He got close to the goal for the first time in like thirty games. Like, yeah, he doesn't. He's not his job, but it's like, yeah, he doesn't score because he's never that close to the goal. Like the guy doesn't leave the blue line, and he's scored. The main man, Amadio. Yeah, on the goal. power play, another goal? Yeah, wouldn't take him out of the lineup. Coming up next, Brad Spielberger joins the show. The thing about Nathaniel, no matter how tough the times, he stayed the course, and he kept our team together. These guys fought for Nathaniel, and that's a credit to him, and that's a credit to his staff, and so I appreciate uh, them. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. I came in like a rain. Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Brad Spielberger. All right, Brad, um, I got a question for you that might be a bit outlandish, but if I told you you uh, your goal here is to win a Super Bowl, would you rather have Derek Carr, whose cap hit's going to be $35 million or so next year, or Kenny Pickett, whose cap hit's going to be $3 million next year? I would go with Kenny Pickett. It's, uh, I was just looking at Derek Carr over the last three weeks. Six interceptions leads the NFL. He's completing 53% of passes for 6.2 yards per attempt. And, and this has been a kind of a better stretch the last five or so weeks. It, it's just, it's very difficult to build around a pricey quarterback unless that guy is maybe not elevating your team, but is at least, you know, winning some games because of him, not, you know, with him driving the car. He's, you know, he's actually pushing the offense forward and you're just, you're not getting that consistently from Derek Carr. So if you are the Raiders in this offseason, uh, there's a lot of conversations about what happens with Derek Carr. They can get out of his contract completely in that three-day window after the Super Bowl. What do you think they should do with the quarterback position with Carr and whatever they can do in the draft or free agency? You have to at least explore trade scenarios, trade options. Like you said, there is that window. They can cleanly exit the contract, not giving him a huge signing bonus. I wrote an article last week, you know, looking at former deals for quarterbacks. You maybe can get a first-round pick and maybe a day-two pick. Like I put it a first and a third um, is where I think his range would be. So still a decent return, um, maybe a little bit less because of how, you know, the results of some trades like Russell Wilson. But you have to take those calls. Uh, they're always needy teams. Um, and your draft pick should be relatively high. Maybe do look into trading up in the draft. But you've obviously spent a lot of draft capital getting Devontae Adams and Spending elsewhere, so it's going to be a fascinating decision. You have to explore all the options. I guess Carr still stays um, ultimately, but I wouldn't be shocked if maybe a deal does happen. So you do see an ability maybe to trade up and get one of those three? Yeah, you know, I think so. I, I think there are teams, unfortunately for the Raiders, I suppose, and the Colts are already up there. They're probably going to take one. You would imagine maybe trade up with the Bears. Uh, potentially, you know, Carolina will be up there, but they are winning some games. Like it's, uh, there are a lot of teams that are going to need quarterbacks and probably willing to move up. And I would imagine, you know, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud um, go very early, as does Will Levis. And I think there could be movement up there to get one of those guys earlier than you'd expect, because I think it does drop off to the next tier of Anthony Richardson and, you know, Hennon Hooker, whoever else you think is a potential, uh, you know, draft quarterback on, on the first two days. The Raiders have uh, another decision to make with Josh Jacobs. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so they can let him walk. They can try to sign him to an extension or franchise tag him. Uh, what do you think they do with Jacobs? And and maybe more importantly, what uh, would you do if you were the Raiders and had this decision on Josh Jacobs? 
Yeah, another one that'll certainly be interesting, especially after that recent, uh, you know, his comments about how frustrated he's been and just how he's, he's at a loss for what to do because the results have just not been there when he's been a Raider. Uh, I mean, he's been great. Yes, you decline the fifth-year option, but I think, you know, there's, there's kind of people poking fun of the idea of then-franchise tagging. So what? You took a bet. You have to spend a little bit more than you were going to, but you've got another year of evidence. I think it's worth, you know, potentially the investment there. Uh, and then maybe work towards an extension after the franchise tag, but that I think is what they'll ultimately do. Um, I think that's what I would do as well. I would probably place the franchise tag first and be pretty, um, you know, I wouldn't go to top of the market. I, I would try to go Nick Chubb range or maybe even below that, um, you know, point to him as another really, really good player that took a, you know, a modest deal at $12 million per year. We're not talking Zeke and, and Christian McCaffrey 15, 16, and, and see if you can get that to work. Because uh, he's been, you know, he's been great. He can catch the ball, you know. So he's not just a, you know, Chubb kind of is just a straight line running back, um, and and that's the approach I would take as well. Similar question than Lamar Jackson. How do you think that that plays out? A long term deal? Do you think that they tag him? He'll get tagged as well, is my uh, is my guess, and then they'll try to work out a deal. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's a if it's a battle to get a deal done, and he's either tagged through the window and maybe plays on it, or or. You know, something could happen there. I'm not certain Baltimore, you know, they obviously love him. Like I said, they're going to tag him, so they want him around. But I don't know if they're comfortable topping the market or maybe giving him a fully guaranteed deal or close to fully guaranteed deal. And I think those negotiations could drag on again this offseason. If you're the Ravens and you're making that decision, how much does the uh, injury risk and the fact that he's been injured the last two years and it might cost him a division title for the second year in a row, how much should that actually factor into their decisions on whether or not they should keep Lamar Jackson? Because he's not the only quarterback that gets hurt. Like this isn't exclusive to Lamar Jackson, but he has been hurt two years in a row. Yeah, no, he's really not. And he's actually very good at avoiding contact or sliding or getting out of bounds or just, you know, not taking shots. Uh, obviously he runs a lot, so he's going to take the occasional one and not see someone coming potentially. But I, I do think that's an underrated skill set. And we, of course, also see guys that are traditional, you know, pocket passers get hurt when they're dropping back. But the thing there is, I mean, you're just giving him no wide receiver help. It's going to be, you know, him trying to win playoff games against good defenses in the AFC, you know, throwing to, you know, James Prochet because Devin Duvernay's out now and Deshaun Jackson. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's kind of ridiculous what he's being asked to do there. And he still is elevating that offense and, and winning some games and playing some good football. So, you know, I think they are, though, concerned about the five, six plus year deal where the guarantees are pushing out into those, you know, into that fifth or sixth year potentially. Uh, that, I think, is where the, the disconnect is. So it's going to be fascinating how it plays out. Do you believe the Chargers need to essentially cash in soon with the Super Bowl or at least a deep run with Justin Herbert on his rookie deal? Or do you think they can be a legitimate Super Bowl contender even after they pay him uh, with a big extension? I think they can. So they, they have spent a ton elsewhere. So, you know, you, you always look to that and say, can they keep, you know, two $20 million per year wide receivers as they have right now and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams? Um, and then, you know, two pass rushers and Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. You might know where I'm going with this. But basically, none of those guys have played. And, and there's still, you know, a wild card. You know, Mack's the only guy this season who has played. Uh, obviously, J.C. Jackson, their expensive corner, $16.5 million per year from free agency, also hasn't played. So, um, you know, they obviously can't spend again. They're in some tough contracts or, you know, they need to get these guys healthy. But he's, he's been able to, you know, rattle off some wins and, 
and, and keep the team alive, missing, you know, his starting left tackle among all the other injuries I just mentioned to expensive players. Um, you know, so yes, I, I think he can still be a guy you can win with, but you do want to take advantage of the rookie contract window um, and, and try to get one when he's still cheaper on the cap and from a cash flow standpoint, which, you know, might end this offseason, uh, at least from the cash side. Uh, they could keep his cap hit low for the next couple of years, and I think that still extends the window a little bit for the Chargers. Is there any chance Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back? As in straight-up retires, I mean, it's certainly possible. Uh, you see J.J. Watt do it, and, you know, I know he's had some health issues, had his kid recently, but I still feel like he's playing really good football. You don't necessarily see that coming. Um, maybe. I think it's more likely he either tries to get traded or he just stays in Green Bay. I feel like he doesn't want to go out like this, but, you know, you never know. Uh, what is the earliest, the Broncos could realistically get out of the Russell Wilson contract. I know they could technically do it this offseason, but it's like a 100 and something million dollar dead cap it. What's the actual earliest timeline that they could get out of that contract? Yeah, the, the earliest is 2024, and it still will be a historically large dead cap hit and, you know, just a, an awful deal when you, you add in the trade capital and all those things. But that is basically the earliest they could do it. You avoid. Um, Thirty-seven million in 2025 salary becoming guaranteed as well if you do it before a certain date in 2024. So you know it's still 85 million in dead cap, which is double the current record set by Matt Ryan this offseason. Um, but it's 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 as best as you can get, um, you know, on this deal. And it's crazy to think, you know, they have to try and figure it out next year, and and hopefully it works out. But if it doesn't, they just don't really have a choice until the following season. Uh, five years from now, we look back at the 2022 offseason. Which deal do we think is going to be viewed as the worst deal? Trading for and signing Deshaun Watson or trading for and signing Russell Wilson? Definitely Russell Wilson. I think Deshaun Watson and the Browns will figure it out. The weather's been like horrific in two of his games so far, and I thought he was decent in the other one. Yeah, I'm, I'm much more bullish on them. Denver has problems. I mean, they have fundamental issues on offense because they like again we talked about the Chargers they're already paying two receivers yes uh you know Tim Patrick got hurt before the season but you, you start to look where can they add on top of a 49 million dollar per year quarterback in Russell Wilson and, and it gets a little bit difficult uh, obviously traded Bradley Chubb away you know where he signs a big deal in Miami so that helps a little bit but nevertheless uh it's, it's gonna be tougher for them I think to bounce back than uh you know than than the Cleveland Browns Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Uh, we did uh, use your story about trading Derek Carr for a first and a third. You got anything else good coming up that we'll be able to talk about on our show? Uh, I just put out an article about some, some extension candidates. Uh, before the season ends, you saw, you know, Elton Jenkins in Green Bay and Jack Conklin in Cleveland. Uh, Jermaine Illuminor is on there, you know, to mention a Raider. A small deal, modest deal, two years, I think seven and a half million. Uh, but he's been solid at right tackle. So I, I included him in a deal of guys that could get signed before the year is over. Well, he is Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Brad, we appreciate Thanks, your Brad. time this morning. Thank you, guys. Uh, so there's Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Uh, God, the earliest you can get out of the Russ deal, realistically, is 2024, and you're still taking on, I think it's 70, 80 million in dead cash. That is amazing. And you have no amazing. new, no first-round picks to show for yes, it. Yes, exactly. You gave away all your picks. At least they have them for God. next year. God. <laughs> 
unreal. <laughs> I mean, or is it the following year? Whatever. Just unbelievable that they. I thought it was two first and two third or three third or they, three seconds. They Jesus. traded away a top five pick. Yes. <laughs> like the Broncos would be picking in the top five this year, and we and we'd be talking about oh they can get C.J. Stroud or whatever. Nope, can't do it. Not going to be able right. to do it. I guess the Texans are probably taking C.J. Stroud. Well, no, the Texans are taking Bryce Young. They'd be taking like ah C.J. Stroud or is the, is Will Levis any good? The Will kid Levis, from Kentucky? the Kentucky kid. I don't think he's that good. Am I going to have to I mean, try to find a draft expert? No, I don't need. We don't need a draft expert to answer these questions. I'm just listen. I think I watched two Kentucky games this year. I don't think he's that good. Hot two more, I watched two, two, two more than me. You, Jared. Okay, well, the example I was going to use is I watched a ton of Josh Allen games, and I thought he was terrible. Oh, and it was Wyoming. Josh Allen was bad, but he could throw at 900 yards and is a linebacker. (laughs) And he was bad his first year of the NFL. This wasn't like Josh Allen walked in and was just like, yep, I'm a top three quarterback. He sucked his first year. He was not good in Buffalo, and then they figured it out there. I don't know what they did. But Brian Dable, Sean McDermott, they figured it out in Buffalo with them. So credit to them, credit to Josh Allen. I just don't know if, if Levis is, is going to do that either. Coming up next, uh, Tom Brady and Sean Payton, they're going to be on the same team next year? Look, I'm just going to say this again. It's, it stings. It's awful. But, man, it's the best thing that can happen to us, you know. No matter who you are and, and whatever you do, some of your best work is when you get your face kicked in. And so, I mean, that literally, I don't know everybody gets their face kicked in. But... <laughs> But I do know, man, when your back's against the wall and you get trotted on and it's and everything's at its worst, you either just stay down there or you get up and you come back motivated and upset um, with uh, calculated energy and aggression. And, man, you go. And there's a purpose. And so I think this is the best thing for us. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. I was ready to say Dan Campbell's great, but then he ended that by saying this is the best thing for us. No, losing by 14 to the Panthers is not the best thing for you. Not at all. I don't want to hear it's a good thing we got kicked in the mouth. Beat the Panthers, and you're going to go to the playoff. I still want him in the playoffs. It'd be fun. I just just want to actually, no, I haven't missed the playoffs and then have Fox or CBS hire him to be on the in the booth. That'd be better. I don't need to see him coach. I just want to hear him talk. Be great. He'd be phenomenal. He'd be talking about biting kneecaps or something every time somebody gets knocked down. It'd be great. Now, here's a story uh, from Pro Football Talk. Talking about Tom Brady and Sean Payton teaming up in New Orleans. One source with a finger firmly on the pulse of pro football told PFT that it's currently the worst kept secret in league circles. And that is that Tom Brady and Sean Payton would both be with the New Orleans Saints next season. This is one option we didn't give yesterday when we were talking about Sean Payton, him actually going back. Which would be interesting, yeah. Um, Taking Dennis Allen out. Because one of the uh, details about Sean Payton and him coaching somewhere, if it's not with the Saints, teams have to effectively trade for him. Now, the Saints could say, no, we don't want anything for him and and let him go. But essentially, you, you... I wouldn't do that. Right. If you're the Raiders or whoever, you might have to trade... For Sean Payton, you might have to yeah. give up a draft pick to get Sean Payton. But if he goes back to the Saints, Saints obviously don't have to give themselves a draft pick to trade for him. Um, so Sean Payton going back. Uh, first off, on the coaching staff side of that, uh, 
would you essentially just get rid of everybody? Like we we got the report that Sean Payton's out here building his coaching staff and he's got Vic Fangio lined up to be his defensive coordinator. Are you just getting rid of Dennis Allen and his entire staff and saying, oh, Sean Payton I mean, I already built get, it out? If you get rid of the entire staff, but can Dennis Allen really come back after that? Probably not. No, I don't think I don't you think can go he, from head coach no, to, especially if Vic Fangio's there, like what's, right, exactly. what's Dennis what's Allen's going to do? What's he going to do? The linebackers coach? <laughs> like, the defensive line? Right. So that would be interesting if you're the Saints in terms of ditching your coaching staff this year to bring Payton back. However... Uh, they're not very good this season, so it's not like it would be a hard decision. But then the Tom Brady side of this, he is a free agent. He can leave Tampa Bay after this year. And the Dolphins, if you remember, why did they get fined for tampering? Because they were trying to get Sean Payton to be their head coach and Tom Brady to be their quarterback. So the Dolphins tried to do this, and now maybe the Saints are going to do this? How how likely do you I mean, think this is to happen? Brady's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> so does Sean Payton want to come back with Vic Fangio as a defense coordinator and say my quarterback's going to be Tom Brady? Is Okay, so we kind of mentioned this a little bit yesterday, but is every single is every single NFL coach, current or former, that person who's like, no, no, I, I can fix them. I can fix them. I know they have all these problems and... They don't. They look completely washed. But I can fix. Well, especially them. someone like Sean Payton with, and he's really, really good. But he's got the ego to say that. Okay. Here, here's the key. Drew Brees at age 41, when he couldn't throw the ball more than five yards down the field because his body was breaking down. He started 12 games that year. The Saints were nine and three. The year before that, he started 11 games. They were eight and three. So in his 40s, again, with his body breaking down when he wasn't very good, they were 17, 17 and, six and 6 over the course of two Pretty seasons. Good. Again, I, I, I told Brady's you this 45. yesterday, maybe I shouldn't assume Sean Payton's just walking back in amazing coach, but if he is, Brady's, Brady's as good as that Drew Brees was. Like, bad Tom Brady's still as good as that old Drew Brees was. Right. And if they, they could win that way, I'm not, I don't know enough about the Saints roster situation to know how good it should be next season, but they can probably win. I, they're probably not like winning. I don't know the if Super they're winning. Bowl. I don't know if they're going to the Super Bowl. Right. Like but, I was just going to say, but they can probably win 10 games in a season. And in that Is division, that if you, especially if you take Brady away from Tampa, <laughs> yeah. who, who are you worried? Yeah. Like Carolina might have right Levis or something like that. If they hit on a rookie quarterback, maybe Carolina, are you worried about Atlanta? They're, might be better. like you're not looking up at Mahomes or Allen right. or anything Her, even like Herbert. that. So I don't think Brady is that good. I don't think Brady going to a new team is suddenly going to be back to oh, of course he's one of the top five guys. But I do think they could be the division winners, and uh, if things go right, win the NFC or something like that. If I'm the Saints, I'm doing it 100 times out of 100 times, by the way. Well, you're taking him back for oh, sure. Oh, Sean and There's Tom no Brady. no question. Yeah, yeah. And you're I'm, taking Tom Brady? Right, because I'm not. What am I? Because if I'm the Saints right now. What are what your other I, options? Right. I, I have currently have Eddie Dalton and Jameis Winston, and Jameis is Pace mad him. at us because we, we they won't play him. Right. Um, With like, a broken spine. Yeah, like who am I Like who am I choosing over Tom Brady? Neither of those two, right? And uh, they're not going to be picking high. Well, maybe they will be, but I don't think they're going to be picking truly high enough to actually take one of the top three quarterbacks. Is this so. another Brady? You chose that bleep over me. <laughs> and it's Andy Dalton. And it's Andy Dalton. <laughs> that would be great.
Would it, be it again? would it be better if it happened again and it's Andy Dalton or it's Jameis Winston? Who would he be talking about? No, like, it, it, like, would it be funnier if somebody chose Dalton Andy or Winston Dalton. over Brady? I think Andy Dalton. Probably would be. <laughs> that would be funny if he said that again. Do you know how great it would two. be if Sean Payton was like, all right, I'm ready to come back to the Saints. I can't tell you, can't say it out loud because it's tampering, but this Tom Brady guy really wants to come. And the Saints were like, no, thanks. We yeah. got Dennis Allen and Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> but you can take Taysom Hill with you. Yes. Yeah. Take Taysom Hill to Carolina. Oh, he would take him. And figure Loves out what him. to do there. Actually, How bad would Tom be if it's like a third and short? They're just like, Tom, get out of the... Taysom's taking the snap. Oh God. Do you guys remember Breeze's last year? They'd take him off the field because he couldn't throw it down the field, and Taysom Hill was the guy to come yeah. in and throw it. Oh, my God. What? An, how did, how did they win games? Brady? How did they win games with Drew Brees and his broken shoulders? Unreal.